Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and today is Friday, the 13th of September, 2013, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 78, the second paragraph that begins, most alcoholics owe money, and today's readers are... 12 Steps, Margaret K, 12 Traditions, Lisa N, and then Katie G, Hoodie, Kim, and Sharon. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday the 12th of September, is 5128, 5128. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Margaret Cade, please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Margaret, recovered in South Jersey. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made a direct amends to such people whenever, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Margaret. I will now ask Lisa N. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Lisa from South Jersey, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, 
for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop compulsively overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your comments to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your comments to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for share on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action and we are on page 78, the second paragraph that begins, Most Alcoholics Owe Money. And I will ask Katie G. to please begin reading. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater from Boston, Massachusetts. Grateful to be here, absent and sober this morning. Most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors. Telling them what we are trying to do, we make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not. Nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the theory it may cause financial harm. Approached in this way, the most most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Arranging the best deal we can, we let these people know we are sorry. Our drinking has made us slow to pay. 
We must lose our fears of creditors no matter how far we have to go, for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. Wow, what a great what a great reading this morning. Um, you know, where are we right now? We are on um, state steps eight and nine, and we need to, as it said on page 76, we are trying to sweep away the debris that accumulated out of our efforts to live on self-will and run this, this show ourselves. And what I love is this promise right here. We are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. When I got to this part of the work, I had um, about 120 uh, amends directly that I needed to make, and many of them were financial. Um, I did not have a lot of debt with creditors. Um, I did have a lot of debt with family members who owed me money so that I hadn't gotten in trouble with the creditors. I also struggled. Um, I had stolen money from various stores um, and from a yoga studio, and I, I can share a little bit about that. Um, I want to be clear that my sponsor said to me, this is not about saying I am sorry. I could say I'm sorry until I'm blue in the face, but until I took the action and righted the wrong and started using words like, I was wrong to have taken this, I can imagine you might feel that you would feel betrayed by my behaviors. Until I started taking those actions, I, you know, I didn't have any credibility because I said I was sorry until I was blue in the face and then I would go back and do the same behavior over and over again, right? So I'll just share with you a few um, or a couple examples really quick um, from amends that I went. So I, I, were, I went to this yoga studio on a regular basis. Um, they had a lost and found. I frequently helped myself to clothes in the lost and found because I felt like God owed me that or they owed me that. I'm a student. I have no money. I had all of these excuses, right? And this is in abstinence. This is me living on Katie in abstinence in a thin body where, hey, I'm supposed to be recovered, right? But I'm stealing. You know, I'm not trusting and relying on God. I'm stealing. And I'm stealing from a lost and found. And then the other thing I did was... Um, I uh, I paid the student rates. I acted like I was a student for a lot longer than I was. And so I went to this woman, and I had had a long relationship with her, or not fairly long, two years. I, asked, I contacted her. I asked her if I could make an appointment to see her. I said um, I owed her an apology and needed to speak with her directly. I sat with her, um, and I frankly, I, I said to her, I needed to let you know um, about some behavior that I'm here to make uh, make right. Uh, I have cash for you because my sponsor taught me never to bring a check. That's too easy. I also, all of the numbers that I calculated for the yoga studio and for different stores that I owed money to that I stole from, I added a little bit of interest because I know that if it wasn't uncomfortable for me to give that money back, like if I wasn't giving a little bit more, I was going to go out and do it again, and that's just for me. And so I explained to her, you know, I'm here. I, I'm I'm here to restore a harm. Um, I I stole these clothes. I have I have cash for these clothes, and I have cash for the yoga studio. You know, and she did inquire. I. My sponsor did not counsel me on immediately telling everybody that I was a member of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, so I would make the amend directly and when asked would uh, answer accordingly. I did let her know, you know, that I did, um, I am a member of Overeaters Anonymous and this is part of my, part of my work. 
Um, you know, and the truth is it was part of, of me, you know, being one among many and getting back in the light of God. Uh, I also made an appointment with a previous employer. I went to him. Um, he didn't really want to meet with me, but I went to him and I said, when I worked with you, I stole from stole groceries from you on a regular basis. Here's cash. This is what I've you know, um, this is what I've calculated to be the amount that I owed you with a little bit extra. And I asked him, have I missed anything? You know, and he had no, I mean, he had had no idea. But that doesn't mean I got to take the money back. You know, that money was not mine. Um, and then I also made uh, various donations. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law got married. I didn't think that I owed them a wedding gift because I had had to be in the wedding and, you know, buy things for them to be part of the wedding. And so I made a donation for them um, in, you know, in their name. And I sent them a whole card and, you know, said, you know, congratulations 10 years later on your, on your wedding and I love you. And, um, you know, this, again, this isn't about me. This isn't about me feeling good about myself. This is about restoring harm. And the most important thing, again, I'll say before I close, is that we are liable to drink if, I'm afraid, if we're afraid to face them. And for me, my amends were really daunting, but I just took them one at a time. And really that fifth step promise of being alone and at perfect peace and ease started to come through. And, you know, today when the urge to take what's not mine is there, you know, I pray and I think, do I want to have to go back to these people and make right that wrong so um you know and the answer is no and that's why i have 10 11 and 12 because i want to live in the sunlight of god's spirit today thank you so much and with that i pass thank you katie would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph star one to unmute This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Hi, Paula. Okay, Paula, and then somebody else just came in. Who else? Uh, Julie. Julie. Okay, Paula, and then Julie. Ooh, loving this lifeboat and the company. Telling them that what we are trying to do, we make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not. And more often than not, I say, see, they're never going to know. I'm going to come in and they're going to be so surprised. You know, oftentimes they knew. They knew about my drinking and they had known what I had done. I didn't think so. Because then I lived in that world that they talked about, that world of spiritual make-believe. Oh, they're not going to know. Every time a different size, every time a different look, we, you know, some people say, well, I, oh, you know, you couldn't tell because I always stayed the same size. Oh, no, you the size inside. I either grew so big or so small. I either would look you in the eye and defy you or look away. They knew. But you see now the difference is I know. I knew who I was and what I was about to do. And I love what was said. Arranging the best deal we can. We let these people know we are sorry. Not say it. I love what Katie said, how often that would roll off my, oh, I'm sorry, and walk the other way. Oh, wait, you'll get it again, because I wasn't sorry. I said, no, we are sorry. 
show the regret, show the demonstrate, always demonstrating. And there it was. There the difference. It went deeper than the word. I want to thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Julie, go ahead, Julie. Hi, I'm Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater in California. And, you know, the first time I went through the steps, I read this paragraph, and it was like, well, I don't really owe money. I, I never stole from a store. and um, But then I had to think about it. I took, you know, candy from everybody's dish. Um, I never paid it back. And, and I don't mean a piece here or there. I mean bags and bags. And then I um, would pad my expense report because I travel a lot because of, you know, they owe me this, right? I'm I'm traveling 12 hours a day. And, um, my previous sponsor had pointed out, well, you know, that's stealing. And so I had to go to my, I didn't have to, I needed to go to my, my boss. And I asked her, she had a few minutes, um, I needed to talk to her about something. And I told her, and this was a company I had worked for for 32 years, and I had fear, but I, I you know, that last sentence that um, we must lose our fear of our creditors no matter how far we go, or for we will be liable to drink. And I did that. I made that amends, but I didn't follow things through. So of course I I started to eat again. When I came back to program, and made my list once again, it's like, well, you know what? I I hadn't been doing my I hadn't been padding my expense report. I hadn't been stealing. Um, but my sponsor pointed out that I manipulated money on a daily basis with my own money, um, that I didn't tell my husband when I spent something. Uh, I would take money and not put it in Quicken. And I had to do a money idea. And I had, I, I, again, I didn't have to go to my husband. I needed to go to my husband. And after 25 years of marriage, I went to him and truly told him how sorry I was for my actions and what could I do to fix this. And to this, since then, I am free from any game playing. I am transparent with my money because I know I will be liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. And I was afraid to face that because I didn't think I needed to do that. It was my money. I earned it. Why do I need to be honest about it? But um, this is a miracle. This program works. The food is but a symptom. It's behaviors that I've had for 25 years. Before 25 years, my family had manipulated money. Um, And I had to make an amends for my behavior. And when I did that, and I went to him humbly, and shared what I had done. And I didn't get on my knees and beg. It was, this is what I've done. How can I make it up to you? And is there anything else left? And boy, I I got, um, you know, two barrels pointed at me. And I sat there and I did not argue. Uh, so anyway, I just, if for newcomers out there and you're wondering why we're talking about money, because it's just another area. So thank you so much. Thank you, Julie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. This is Katie F. in Virginia. 
Go ahead, KDF. Okay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, and this paragraph is uh, we must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go, for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. So this is, again, about, you know, what's going on in our minds. It's not about in our hearts. It's not about, you know, current actions. I mean, you may have done something, you know, 25 years ago, but it's, is it um, still living in your head and you know that you know that you did something wrong? You know, unfortunately, the two stores that I stole from uh, were out of business by the time I was ready to make amends. And so I, you know, like other people have shared, I made donations to um, to other places. I'm, I'm just, you know, in my life today, I'm, I'm, I give um, to building funds and to food banks and to, uh, you know, places like that because, you know, that's not how I lived before. And I was in the restaurant business, and it was just common practice for people to eat the food. Well, I certainly ate more than my share. And, you know, once I um, was uh, recovered in eating, um, you know, in a sane way, I stopped just taking the food. I just, I would ask before I did things. And so I changed my behavior um, because it wasn't, it was just, you know, it wasn't exactly that I had stolen from them. I had just, my behavior was pretty crazy, and I I turned it around and stopped acting that way. Um, but recently, um, not recently, but about 10 years ago, um, I had this situation. I was new at this job, and someone had, um, there had been a mistake made in the billing, and I told my coworker what had happened and I said we need to you know we need to tell our boss and she said no no don't tell him he will flip out he will just make the biggest deal out of that just do this you know so she told me you know this way to do it so that he would never know and I was like okay so I went on and um it just was eating at me you know, I just did not feel right about it. And um, so later in the day, I uh, went to his office and I said, I have to tell you that, um, you know, this is what happened. Uh, you know, and so we rectified it, but, you know, I just did not feel right in deceiving you. And um, so he said, okay, and, you know, we went on. And that night I was out with my husband and my daughter. and. We, she was about five years old, and um, we had gone to the movies. And the next Monday, this man from my office said, you know, I was out in the downtown mall, and I saw you. Um, I saw these, this couple and this little girl, and they looked so happy. And they were just, you know, walking along with this little girl. He said, and as I got closer, I realized it was you. And I thought, you know, I would have I would have looked so different if I had not been honest because it was just eating away at me. And, you know, that that is what they're talking about. You know, it really when I think about it now, I mean it really wasn't that big of a deal. You know, we rectified it. I was able to rectify it without telling anybody. 
but it was it was not honest. And you know, we can go through life and continue in the deception, even as uh, recovered people, but we don't get away with it anymore. And that's what you know this program offers us is a way of living that is at a different level of, you know, even the regular people maybe get away with that, but as addicts, we don't. We have to be honest in all our affairs, and that's what this is teaching us and with our path. Thank you, Katie. And this is Monica, and I'm going to jump in here for a minute. Most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors. Telling them what we are trying to do, we make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not. Um, I, too, thought, you know, compulsive overeating, owing money, but yes, I did, too. And my very first um, direct amends ended up being a financial amends. And you know what? I did steal. I stole food. Oh, my goodness. When I was a babysitter, when I was a teenager, I used to raid those, you know, raid those kitchens and um, stole all kinds of food over the years at work, you know, from this place, from that place. So most definitely, I did steal. I did owe something for this. And, of course, here we're in step nine. And the big book is giving us explicit directions here again, telling them what we are trying to do. I was instructed with my direct amends to um, make an appointment and um, set up a time. And I went in there and I told them that I was a compulsive overeater. I was part of a 12-step recovery and that this was part of my process, that I needed to do this for recovery, that I needed to make things straight. And, um, um, and, and it says, you know, make no bones about it. And so I did. And then it says at the end, our drinking has made us slow to pay. We must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. You know, this is the last part of the of our um, direct cleaning house steps. This is the last part of cleaning our house here, step nine. And this is the most, the biggest, most important. And this is where those promises are going to come through, you know, before we are halfway through our ninth step. Those great, glorious promises we've heard for years in the rooms. That's when these things are going to come through, is when you've um, uh, joined the process of making your ninth step amends. So we have to do this. And we, we, you know, we go into each and every single one of these amends with God with God. We ask God. We pray to God before we do the amends. You know, and we will lose our fear. If we're relying and trusting on God, he's going to be right there helping us with this amends. And what freedom you will feel after that. And um, would anyone else like to share before we go on to the next uh, paragraph? I heard Sally and someone else. Leah. Leah. Okay. Say up. <laughs> Sally and then Leah. Okay. Thank you, Monica. This is Sally, recovered compulsive overeater in um, South Jersey. Um, I um, just wanted to say here again, here again, God, because the steps, every one of these steps is about the solution. Remember that on um, page 29, we are told that. Um, 
all of the stories and, and, and because it's a spiritual solution, we are told that each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. And that's what we're doing here again. We are continuing to establish our relationship with God. We are making things right with our fellows on this planet, people that we have wronged. And it's not just, uh, you know, I have my history and my thieving that I had to make right. But more than that, I had to make right my big mouth, my promises that I made to different people. And when I told my sponsor of guilt that I had, because I had promised this one that I would help her out because she was in trouble financially, and I had promised this one something else because that person needed financial, and because I was very loose about making promises, my sponsor, in her wisdom, said, Sally, you're going to make right. You're going to follow through on your promises. And one friend that I promised that if I had won this court case that I was involved with, that I would send her $500 to help her out, she said, you're going to have to do that. And I did. I sent her $500. And I remember thinking, you know, with, in the process of developing and doing my amends, thinking, oh, Lord, I cannot afford this. And yet my sponsor was adamant and God provided so that I could make right what I had verbally promised to other people so that I could follow through, so that I can lay aside the guilt and lay aside and, and also change this behavior, a behavior where I made promises and my word was just basically junk. And, um, you know, page 84 at the bottom of the page, it says, for by this time sanity will have returned. This is the process of sanity returning, the, the process of me being culpable of my word meaning something and my stopping and thinking restraint of pen and tongue before I make promises. How will I make this behavioral change if I don't follow through and take responsibility here again for what I said I would do? So it's not just, you know, um, making amends for stealing or for or for borrowing or for owing money, but it's also that my words should mean something because I know that that is important to my higher power. And I also wanted to bring up these precious promises that we've read many, many times in the rooms. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, and this is the painful part. Boy, the buck stops here. When it comes to the money and actually putting our, our money where our mouth is and making amends and actually taking money out of our pocket, in order, to, in order to make right injustices that we have done. This is painstaking. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. And, of course, you all know where that is on page, on the bottom of page 83 and can continue to read these precious promises that did come true for me in this past year as I was painstaking about following through on the amends that needed to be made. And I just want to end by reminding you, we are doing this with our higher power. Not one step do we take without holding hands with our higher power. He will provide. He will give us the funds 
to make the amends, to, to put the money where our mouth is. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Leah, go ahead. Well, thank you, Monica. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors. Uh, although I was quite young um, when when first uh, attending to Step 9, um, I had made an absolute mess of my life. I mean, the disease had deteriorated uh, every facet of my life, and absolutely that included, uh, you know, the financial realm. Um, you know, my disease had uh, led to, um, you know, cheating and stealing, and I had to clean that up. It says we do not dodge our creditors. I can't avoid or evade uh, this part of my cleanup because if I don't deal with the disease, it will deal with me. That's just the reality. (laughs) The reality is if I didn't attend to this stuff, if I wanted to sweep it under the rug and say, you know, let bygones be bygones, who really, you know, does a big company like that really care about my 50 bucks, um, you know, uh, that's going to block me off from the sunlight of the spirit. This program of recovery is a process of growing up. It was a process of maturation for me. It was a process of taking responsibility for my actions and the consequences of my behavior. This wasn't just about, you know, uh, putting a sack of money on some executive's desk. This was about uh, the disease beating me into a state of reasonableness and into a state of humility to approach these people that I owed money to and to ask how could I make arrangements to repay it, you know, the best way I could. Um, And certainly uh, there was some fear and apprehension about, uh, you know, attending some of these companies and individuals, um, you know, but but God God helped me to overcome that fear and apprehension apprehension that arose. Uh, It was the the first thing I did. You know, these financial amends were the first things I attended to because I thought that compared to everything else that needed to be um, rectified, this was the easier uh, part of the amends process. You know, I was going to take responsibility and make restitution where it was necessary. And so that's what I did. I had a list, and I attended to that. You know, different grocery stores. Uh, you know, there were other types of amends, uh, roommates that I needed to uh, either um, give money to or replace items. Uh, it says, approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Um, you know, people were generally uh, very happy to help me uh, make restitution. You know, they were surprised by my showing up at the office, and they were happy uh, that um, I was there to make these amends. You know, they were willing to work with me. These steps are a process. I didn't just start by making step, you know, by doing step nine. I already worked the first seven steps. But what was going to happen to me if I didn't go ahead and take uh, steps eight and nine into my life seriously? Well, then I wasn't going to get over the guilt and remorse. And that guilt and remorse and regret for my behaviors in the past was going to come back in my mind and produce fear and produce 
restlessness and produce irritability and produce discontent. And then I was going to have to dodge people and I was going to have to avoid people that I owed money to. And that fear and anxiety and uh, regret, that spiritual sludge was going to produce, you know, a barrier that was going to block me off from the sunlight of the spirit. And if that sunlight of the spirit was blocked off, then it was going to get very, very dark for Leah. And if it was going to get very, very dark for for Leah, then that meant that eventually I was going to put uh, these fists of mine back into those cellophane bags and bakery boxes, and that's not where I wanted to go. And so every time, you know, I just had to sit and ask myself, Leah, how free do you want to be? Are you, you know, do you want to be back in this disease, this hell that deteriorated and rotted every facet of your life, or do you want to press through this? And God will make it possible if I am willing to make the effort. And that's exactly what happened. God allowed me to achieve peaceful relations with myself and other people and live in harmony with my world and with God. And it's these steps that allowed that to occur. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And Hoodie, would you read, please? Good morning, Monica. This is Hoodie, compulsive reader. And thank you for your service. Perhaps you have committed a criminal offense that might land us in jail if it were known to the authorities. We may be short in our account and able to make good. We have already admitted this in confidence to another person, but we are sure we would be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known. Maybe it's only a petty offense such as padding the expense account. Most of us have done that sort of thing. Maybe we are divorced and have remarried and haven't kept up that testimony to number one. She's been thinking about it and has a warrant out for our arrest. That's a common form of trouble too. And I just want, um, you know, this reminds me of um, where, you know, it says in, um, and how it works that, you know, we were willing to go to any length to recover and um, do what God would have me be. And on page 14, Bill's story, simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us all. And I I only had two choices. Either I was going to kill myself and just, Go um, um, to the bitter end, blobbing out the conscience on my situation or accept spiritual help. And what I get to do today is trust and rely in God that he has a plan and um, trust that all will be okay if I, if I do what is right. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Hoodie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, my name is Anne Marie. I'd like to comment. Anne Marie, go ahead. Um, I um, had a sponsor my first year who was very kind and loving and who was not a big pusher. Um, She was a gentle reminder. And that got me through the um, insanity and gradually let me know how unmanageable my life was um, as I was filling my body with sugar and 
you know, she let me know, you know, the side effects of sugar and um it was a miracle because let's face it, it doesn't really cost that much money to load your body up with junk. And uh it was putting me in a huge fog and for years and I couldn't even see the reason why I was doing the things I was doing and I just thought it was uh you know, life was just too difficult and I couldn't manage it and slowly but surely as I became abstinent I was able to see what I had done and it it, it just um wasn't malicious. It was like a fog and uh, seeing clearly and having support, I was able to start, you know, making the amends and changing my personality. And for me, this program was just entirely different than any other program in particular, weight loss, because it it was gradual, loving, kind, and enlightening. And my higher power, you know, like my my sponsor and the uh, meetings were my higher power at first. And then uh, as I got closer to my higher power, same thing, kind understanding and taking the next right right step. And um, it's still happening now. Uh, Food is very, very tricky. And as soon as I see, if I see myself going into any sort of a fog, and I know, uh oh, you know. So, um, okay, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anne Marie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Okay, I'll take that as we are moving on. And Kim, would you like to read the next paragraph, please? Thanks, Monica. Oh, goodness. Um, which pair? I'm sorry. Although, although, thank you. 79, although. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding. Reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any length to find a spiritual experience, we ask that we may be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. We may lose our positions or reparation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink from anything. And good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. So we're being reminded of some important ideas here. You know, we, in step nine, it says, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And we're being reminded here that I, us, we are not them or others. It says we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing no matter what the personal consequences may be. And that for so long was a blocker. Well, it's going to hurt me, and I'm not supposed to do it if it hurts someone. No, if it hurts them or others. We want to be free. We want to be free. Those personal consequences might be our key to freedom. 
So we do not want to let them go. And we are given strength and direction to do the right thing. Where is that strength and direction coming from? It's coming from the work that we're doing and from us beginning to get that connection with a higher power. And we're reminding ourselves, reminding ourselves of what that decision was in step three. We're turning our life and our will. We're going to go to any length to get that. Any length to get that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Katie G. from Boston. Go ahead, Katie G. Good morning, everyone. Katie G. Recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, I really um, appreciate this comment about, you know, what what we're willing to do, uh, what we need to do, how we can't shrink at anything. And I just, um, I, I left my hardest amends for the end, um, as recommended by my sponsor. And there was a woman who um, she needed... She asked for unemployment, and I went um, to the trial for her unemployment, and when asked questions about my behavior at work with her, I lied. Why? Because I wanted to save space, because my boss was in the room, and um, I didn't care about the consequences to her life, and I didn't know how to make amends for that, and um, I talked to a lot of different people, um, a lot of women in uh, OA, but also in AA, which is another fellowship that I am and and that I am in. And I went down. I ended up going down to the unemployment office um, because I had actually been a, um, benefited from unemployment, and I was afraid that they were going to take away the unemployment from me. Right. So if I went and said I lied to them, that they were going to be like, "Well, who are you? Like, I can't believe you've done this, and we're going to take this away." And I went to the unemployment office and um, at about 6 a.m. and I asked to speak to the director and I told him what had happened and that I had misrepresented both myself and Kim um, and that I really needed help looking into the situation. And then I went and um, I, I sent a letter to Kim explaining what had happened. Um, and, you know, for me, I know that may not seem like a big deal, but for me, it was a really, really scary time in terms of like, oh my gosh, like this could be taken away from me, that could be taken away with me from me. But you know, I knew that if I didn't do something, if I didn't do the right thing, that I was going to eat again, like that I was going to lose my connection with God, and I was going to eat again, and that no matter what happened. Like, God would take care of me. And that's what I learned a day at a time by showing up and doing the right thing. And I have to tell you that, you know, nothing was taken away from me. Um, and, you know, the, the one of my favorite promises of this book is the things I place in God's hands are better than I can imagine. You know, like, and I don't, I don't mean to be saying, like, I'm this heroic person and look at how amazing it is, but, like, I'm just I'm just sharing um, you know a story of that God gave me strength and direction to do the right thing after praying a lot and talking about uh, to, with other recovered women who had been in different situations and the more willing I was to honestly tell the truth and I even find this today the more willing I am to say hey you know what are you you know I I had an incident a couple months ago where I needed to make sure you know that I was clear, you know, that I didn't actually owe money. And I called the company back and asked them a second time, why? Because I don't want to eat today. 
You know, and if I continue to engage in unhealthy behaviors and dishonest behaviors, eating is going to be a step up from how I how I feel. You know, um, so you know, and it's just about willingness. Not everybody that I approached in my amends process was willing to um, accept my amends, including my mother. But I stand willing to make that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Paula. This is Paula, Recovered Compulsive Reader. There are so many things here uh, that, you know, it says that we take innumerable forms. There are some general principles which we find guiding. You know, imagine general principles that I wanted to live by and be guided by. It says here, reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. We just read it on 76, and we already need reminding. Remember at the bottom of that, remember it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol? I mustn't forget why I am here and what I am doing. And then it goes, we ask that we be given strength and direction. They're the prayer. I can't do it on my own. So I'm given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter, this is the part, what the personal consequences may be. That was always the guiding thing for me. Well, it depends on what I'm going to get out of it or what I'm going to receive. And then the turnaround. We have to be at ends with, we must not shrink at anything. If I'm not shrinking in anything, I am enlarging my spirituality and my growth. And that's what's so needed. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice, go ahead, Janice. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Well, once again, this this paragraph, like so many of the paragraphs here talking about step nine, give me some really, really good, solid things to remember, which is that I'm trying to live in a spiritual experience. You know, that a spiritual experience, I never would have told you back when I was in the food that I believed that a spiritual experience was going to be the way of life that I was going to choose, that I was going to seek out, that I was going to try to live one day at a time. But to do this process, I had to come to believe that. I had to come to believe that, that a spiritual experience, no matter what the difficulties, no matter what the challenges, was always going to be the place where I would find ease and comfort, where I would get through with strength and courage and integrity, the very things that had driven me back into the food over and over and over again. And once again, this paragraph reminds us that when we ask, we will be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences. And it's also a wonderful reminder that that is how we live life on life terms today. 
that we want to do these things, that living in this spiritual experience brings us to this place where we can do what we never thought we could do, that we're given the strength. You know, it is our weaknesses, not our strengths, that bind us to each other and to a higher power and give us the ability to do what we could never do alone. So at every turn, we're reminded that we ask for help, first from our higher power, first in prayer and meditation, and then with our fellows, because there were many people who had far more experience than I did. They were farther along on this path. They were already living that spiritual life. They were already showing me what that looked like, that I didn't have to put my fist and my hand back in the cellophane bag in the bakery box in the carton, that there was a way to gain strength whenever two or more of us are gathered and we're sharing our experience, strength, and hope. Something beautiful happens. There's help for us. There's support. There's encouragement. There's someone saying, if I could do it, you could do it. You know, so even when these step nine amends were hard, even when they were challenging and difficult and the thought of walking into someone's office, the thought of making that phone call and asking, could you see me? Do you have time? Would you let me sit and talk with you? I have something very important I need to share with you. You know, those opportunities then presented themselves and I could do it. I could do it. And I didn't have to try to hide. I could show up my real true self in that very vulnerable place and know that however it came out, God, that was God's will for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. And this is Monica. I'm going to jump in here for a minute or two or three. Although these reparations take innumerable forms, and what are reparations? It's repairing or restoring, making amends for wrongs. So here we are, step nine, and we are going to take the last forms of actions here in our cleaning house steps of making right the wrongs, making amends for the wrongs that we have done. And the big book says there's some general principles we find guiding. And they're going to give us some more instructions here of how we go about to do these, make these amends. And it says reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. You know, if you find yourself at this point, or you're getting close to eight and nine, and you are just so full of fear. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to go make direct amends to people. Just remember here that God will be with you. You're going to talk to your sponsor about these things. You're going to discuss this stuff. You're not going to go into this blindly. You're going to know what you're going to do, what you're going to say. You're not going to harm anybody else. And it will come out fine when we trust and rely on God. And, you know, how free do you want to be? You know, I decided when I made my third step commitment there that I wanted to go through this process. I wanted what these recovered people had. And he said, you do this stuff, you do what we did, and you will have this too. And so I had to keep telling myself that. I want this. I want recovery. And I'm willing to go to any lengths to get this recovery. And so... uh, So at this point, you know, we ask for strength and direction from God and your sponsor. 
to do this, to make these amends. And then we have to take this. This is our last actions that we have to do, you know. And that's what this whole uh, chapter is about, into action. You know, it's not into my thinking. It's not into my emotions. It's not into my fear. It's not into my feelings. It's not into the knowledge. It's into taking actions. Finally, sweeping out the last of this stuff inside of me that caused me to be restless, irritable, and discontented all these years that I wasn't, didn't know. And this program and these steps is showing me how to clean my house so I don't have to be there. So if you're getting close to this, just remember, what do you want? I want recovery, and I'm willing to do whatever, and you are not alone. God will be with you with all of this. And there is nothing like making amends. Oh, my goodness. After um, you get done making an amends, it can be so freeing, powerful. I wanted to hoot and holler and, and, and tell everybody in the whole world what had just happened after my first financial amends, my first direct amends that I made. It was so freeing. And with that, I will pass, and we have come to the end of our time here for this morning. And I want to thank everybody who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Sharon, could you read a vision for you, please? Absolutely, Monica. Good morning to you. Good morning to all. This is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, and very grateful to be on the line with you this morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.